Love Sport on SAFM. And before we get into our first interview of the evening, just a, a reminder of our quiz question one more time. It is Derby weekend this weekend in South Africa. The big match taking place on Saturday at FNB Stadium. I'll be there as one of the commentators on television, but it will also be covered across the SABC radio platforms. It's the match between Chiefs and Pirates, first semi-final. And the second one, of course, is on Sunday between the side who will be in action shortly, Stellenbosch FC, who hosts Ekukuni United at 6 o'clock on Sunday. Your quiz question for tonight, who has scored the most goals for Chiefs in the history of the derby? And who has scored the most goals for Pirates in the history of the derby? If you know the actual numbers, that'll be great as well. Send us your answers, 0614-104-107 on our WhatsApp line or tweet us at SAFM Radio. Well, we thought that listeners in South Africa are not fully au fait with how the playoff situation works in the lower leagues in England. And we thought we would educate you a little bit about that. And I've had many people asking me, how do the playoffs work? Who gets into the Premier League? How does it work across the structures of English football? So we thought we'd delve into that tonight with Joe Cran, our star Sheffield football journalist who's becoming a regular on the show. Joe, lovely to chat to you again. Welcome and thanks for your time. Hello, Joe. Hey, you can hear me. Ah, now I can hear you, yes. <laughs> Sorry about that. Perfect. Um, Joe, what I think we'll do maybe is just start in start with the lower leagues and then build up and maybe end off by discussing what's happening in, in the Premier League at the moment. But in terms of League One, let's start there. Very interesting setup. The, the promotion or automatic promotion already decided. Of course, Plymouth and Ipswich going up, which means the return of the East Anglian derby in the championship next season. But your side, Sheffield Wednesday, um, pretty much assured of, of, of a playoff spot. Interestingly enough, playing Derby in, in your final match, and that could be a, a repeat of what could happen in the playoffs this season. Yeah, yeah, we might end up playing Derby three three games in a row, which will be absolutely no fun, because I think we've Wednesday have beaten Derby about three times since 2006. So they're, wow. they're not a team that we have... Crazy League One season this year. You know, we've, we've been in a situation where I think Wednesday... Uh, you know, they finished, could finish on 96 points and, and finish third, which I, I don't think has ever been done before. Um, you know, usually you people talk about hitting two points a game on average. You know, you get to 90 and you're, and you're fine. But, you know, Wednesday, they're on 93 now. And I'm, like I say, I'm not sure that any team has ever reached that amount of points and not won automatic promotion. Well, I think for the Owls, it's it's critical that they get back, as you say, into the, the the championship because they've been missed in that league for a little while. I remember, I think it was last season when they they gave a few teams a bit of a run around before eventually getting relegated. So, a key match there. What is the other playoff in League One? Is it are Bolton involved? So yeah, the, it's actually if you look at the, the the League One table, they are you know the teams that are well-known. You know, you look at the... Obviously, Ipswich and Plymouth are the ones that have gone up, but... You've got Bolton, you've got Derby, you've got... Um, going to sneak in there. So, you know, if you look at the... You know, the outside the top two, I mean, Wednesday, Barnsley, Bolton, Derby especially, they're all... You know, they've all been Premier League teams in, in my lifetime, so to see yes. them sort of battling it out. In the, in the third tier of English football is, uh, you know, I think it says a lot about, you know, the, the, the English pyramid and, and how quickly things can change. Mm. But yeah, I mean, obviously, I think there's, you know, with Wednesday and Barnsley especially, they've been really unlucky to 
to miss out this season. But the other, the other places are still up for grabs, you know, Bolton, Derby, Peterborough, they, they can all get in there. Um, so we'll have to wait and see, really. All right, let's move on to the championship. And this is a league that I follow very, very closely. Um, it's not a, not a good season for me with my side really struggling. One win in 10 now. But a couple of issues decided over this past weekend. Burnley, of course, promoted as champions. Sheffield United going up as well, automatically. And the, the battle at the bottom is sort of sorted out to some degree with Blackpool and Wigan Athletic both being relegated this past weekend. But let's talk about, firstly, how the playoffs work. Obviously, third plays against sixth uh, over two legs and then fourth against fifth with those two winners meeting in, in a, the Wembley final, effectively, that's regarded as the most expensive match in world football. Just... Uh, just to look at some of the possible permutations there, Luton drew last night against Blackburn Rovers. Middlesbrough, their form's just dipping off slightly, I suppose, ahead of their of their um, promotion match and their, their, their tie over two legs, effectively. But you've got five teams competing for two places, and it's going right down to the final day of the season, which is this coming Monday. Incredible. We had eight teams fighting. Three of them have obviously dropped out, but five teams still in the mix and some incredible matches as well to come. Yeah, and this isn't um, this is no shock for the championship. It, it does this every year. Um, you know, I, I think I mentioned last time I was on the show. I think it's the most competitive league in the world. I don't think there's anywhere yes. any other division like it, especially with the playoffs. Yeah, Joe, we're battling. We're battling to hear you. The connection comes and goes, but carry on, and we'll see if we can pick you up. Hello, Joe. You still there? All right, we'll try, I think, Len will try and get him back on the line now and we'll have a chat. So let me explain to you then how the championship works. So your top two in the championship are automatically promoted. Then from position three to position six, it goes into playoffs. So effectively at the moment, you have Luton Town in third spot. They're guaranteed to end third. Nobody can catch them and they can't improve on third. Middlesbrough are fourth. They can't improve on fourth. They stuck there, but they're in the playoffs. And then you've got Coventry, Millwall, Sunderland, West Brom and Blackburn. Those are the five sides who could still make positions five and position six and get into the playoffs. Swansea, Preston and Norwich lost out this past weekend. They drop points and they are no longer in the mix. And then in terms of the relegation battle, the bottom three go down automatically. And that's basically how, this, how the structures work in terms of that. So at the moment... Some very, very interesting matches to be played. There have also been points deductions for certain teams in the championship. Reading, for example, were docked six points this season, which could come back to haunt them because if they don't win their last two matches, they will be the third side going down. So uh, that's an interesting talking point as well. Some teams were docked points over the course of the season, but you've got some really big-name teams like Watford, for example, who were playing in the Premier League last season. They're sitting in 13th position in the log. Stoke City, not so long ago in the top flight, they are in 16th spot. Queen's Park Rangers are down towards the bottom as well. And you've got some big, big teams struggling in that particular league. So that's how things stand there at the moment. We are just trying to get Joe back on the line so we can continue our conversation. I'll just repeat the quiz question for you in terms of the derby. So let me just remind you of the quiz question. Who has scored the most goals for Chiefs in the derby and who has scored the most goals for Pirates in the derby? That's in the history of the derby. All 177 plus matches of the history of the derby that goes back way, way back to the early 1980s. I want to know who's been Chiefs' as leading scorer over the years and who's been Pirates' as leading scorer over the years. Well, I'm, Joe, I believe we have you back on the line. 
I think so, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry about that. Okay, that sounds a lot, lot clearer. Also, so we, we were talking about the, the playoff spots and you mentioned the fact that it's it's competitive as it always is in the championship. Five teams still effectively competing for those last two spots. It's going down to the wire to the final day, which is Monday. All the matches, of course, taking place simultaneously. And some some interesting battles there, particularly Blackburn against Millwall, because that's effectively potentially a winner-take-all in that game. Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing how these fixtures end up lining up like this. You know, nobody knows really how a season's going to pan out. They can they can move in such different ways. But to, to have a, a game like that where, like you say, the winner could potentially secure their, their spot in the in the playoffs. We've got three teams on, on 66 points, you know, 68 and 69 above them. I mean, it's it is so tight. And it's it's why this league is so is so great to watch. You know, you know, the other end is a is a little bit more cut and dry. You know, I think yes. that could be wrapped up by the final day um, if Huddersfield can get a result um, in the week. But yeah, I think with the with the championship being the way it is, expect a few twists and turns. I would okay. imagine that what the uh, what the top six looks like going into the games on on Saturday uh, will not what it will not be what it looks like 10, 15, 20 minutes into the get into the game. So yes, exactly. yeah, it might it might end that way, but throughout the throughout the day there'll be lots of uh, lots of positional changes, and it's going to be a fascinating fascinating afternoon. Let's just talk also about parachute payments. Obviously, it hasn't helped Norwich or Watford so much this season. Burnley have run away with the league. They've ended on the top, almost got to 100 points. In fact, if they win their final match, they will pass 100 points this season, which would be incredible for them. But Watford sitting 13th, Norwich sitting 12th. They've been aided by parachute payments up until now. Maybe you just want to explain for the South African listeners particularly how parachute payments work. Uh, yeah, I mean, I can do a basic version of it. Um, basically, okay. it's... it's uh, making up for the loss in in revenue when you get relegated but the i think for me the the i know it's no good for you as an Norwich fan but i'm really glad that most of the teams with the parachute payments aren't doing well because i think it's a personally think it's quite outdated i think that the system is is drastically unfair for anyone who's trying to move up the leagues because all you end up seeing with the parachute payments a lot of the time is just yo-yos you know teams They've got that little bit too much for the Premier League. Sorry, that little bit too much for the Championship, not quite enough for the Premier League. Mm. They go up, they, they have these parachute payments, they sign players, they sell them for big money. So not only do they have the player sales that come in when they get relegated into the Championship, but they also get the parachute payments as well. Um, and I think when you look at the fact that a Luton Town, for instance, or where they are, I think that's fantastic because, you know, they've done what they've done on a such a, a small budget compared to, you know, the teams like Watford and, and Norwich that, that have got that those sort of big money. Yes. Burnley have come down, but they've spent really well. They've obviously got a great manager as well in Vincent Company who's changed things around. So I think, you know, you can't just put it down onto the fact that they've spent spent money. Um, but again, with Sheffield United, you know, the, you look at their side and Paul Eckingbottom's done a, a phenomenal job under the circumstances mm-hmm. with, you know, transfer embargoes and all that kind of thing going on. But they've also got players in that side that were bought when they were in the Premier League. You know, some twenty million pound players in that side. Right. Um, and and other teams, you know, can't necessarily compete with that. So yeah, the parachute payments are interesting, but there is a lot of uh, a lot of discussion happening in the UK, especially amongst fans of of clubs that don't yo-yo between the divisions mm. about whether they're the right way to go or not. You mentioned about Luton. Interesting enough that Kenilworth Road effectively could be a, a, a Premier League venue next season. It'll be very, very interesting to see how that ground holds up. Uh, would there be plans? You're going to have to do some work on it, that's for <laughs> I, sure. I think so. I saw a picture on Twitter yesterday showing, saying that the, the entrance to the stadium basically looks like almost an old restaurant building 
that's been constructed. So it's going to be interesting when the big boys, the Manchester Cities or Man United's or uh, Liverpool's come to town and they potentially have to have to enter that particular stadium. It's going to be interesting to see how that develops. But I suppose Luton still have to get there. Uh, then you mentioned the battle at the bottom. And effectively, again, we could have a last day interesting battle. If Huddersfield lose their match against Sheffield United, then effectively it comes down to a, a winner take all in terms of staying up between Reading and, and Huddersfield on the final day. I mean, the fixture computer has turned up these incredible matches, as you say, totally by fluke. But it's, it's worked out incredibly. Yeah, because nobody expected, especially with with Huddersfield, nobody expected them to be there either. You know, mm. they they weren't a side that was expected to be battling for their lives. They they were really really struggling. Neil Warnock's come in and done a a great job there. He's uh, I don't know if it's you know for for people over there in South Africa, but he was he was he's one of the most successful managers in in Sheffield United's history. So yes. there was a little bit of uh, a little bit of history there for him. At, at, you know, against them. So hosting hosting Sheffield United. Um, they, I think there's quite a few Sheffield United fans who, you know, knowing that they've already finished second and got the promotion, I don't think they'd be the big grudge Neil Warnock a point in that one. Yeah, the, that that's I think is is going to be a very very interesting final day all round. I think there's so much to play for in so many of the matches. So certain teams on the beach, as they say, but squeaky bum time for the rest of them, I guess. And then uh, just looking at at what's happening in in the Premier League briefly, I think we just have to address that. Last night, a key key relegation battle that ended in a tool draw, fantastic game between Leicester and Everton. Both sides, though, still very very much in trouble, and that that relegation battle again is going down to the wire. Yeah, it was one of those where it was a great game for the neutral, but you know, for, it was not really much good for either of them. A mm. point in that game was was not what they were after. You know, for Leicester, you know, it's it's another point on the board to get them out of the sort of the relegation zone for now. But it's so tight down there. I mean, you know, obviously Southampton are in in real trouble, but then you look at the. You know, Everton, Forest, Leeds, Leicester. There's like a point between them, so it's still it it could it can change on a, you know, in an instant down there. And I think that looking at last night's game, both both teams will see that as as two points lost because it could have been such a a vital turning point for for the two of those. Mm-hmm. I'm fascinated to see how this plays out. I think also you look at the size of the teams down there. You, I think it's testament to you know Bournemouth and Brentford and teams like that that are so far clear of of of, of that at this point. Mm. Um, whereas you've got you know Everton or you know I, I don't think they've ever been relegated from from the Premier League. Yes, Forrester kind of where you, a lot of people expect them to be. Leeds have had a nightmare of a season in so many different ways, and and Leicester you know it's not that long back that they were winning the league title. So yeah, just another another example of how quickly things can change, but. Um, there's got some. There's got to be some big, big performances from from those four teams, especially, and obviously West Ham as well. If they don't want to get themselves dragged into it. Mm. And another team who've really surprised this season, I know many South Africans are very surprised at how well they've done, is Brighton. I mean, getting to the, the semi-finals of the FA Cup and at the same time, right up towards the top positions in the league. I mean, what has been the reason for their success this season? Because they have a fantastic scouting team. Is the main reason. Um, you, you look at the, the their their record. I think to be fair, you can say this a similar thing with Brentford as well. You know the way that they've gone about their business uh, in the transfer market, the the way that they they find players, and obviously they it's almost like they are, you know, they just kind of come to terms with the fact they're going to lose them one day. They sell them for big money, and then they replace them with someone else fresh who can come in and do the job. And I, you know, I think 
Brighton for there's there's a lot to be said for the fact that they they had Graham Potter there for such a long time. He did such a phenomenal job there. Um, they obviously lost him to Chelsea. That went to to pieces. And um, you know Brighton have got the Zerbian and they're above Chelsea now. Yes. Um, so I think there's a lot a lot of Brighton fans that'll be taking um, plenty of joy in in how that that's gone. But yeah, I think for me, I look at Brighton and Brentford, and I think they're the the epitome of of your sort of modern day football club and and a sustainable model as a football club as well. They don't live beyond their means. They they work smart. They're clever with their their money. They're, they're clever with their negotiations, and it's really really nice to see the fact that they're doing so well. Obviously, Brighton have got a few games in hand. Could be playing in Europe next season, which would be exactly. you know testament to the work that they're doing there. Joe, it's been an absolute pleasure to chat to you about all the leagues in England and clarify the position in terms of South African listeners and viewers who maybe are not so okay with what happens in the lower structures. Uh, wonderful to chat to you. Thank you so much for your time and enjoy the final few days of the season as it winds up on the various leagues across England. We'll see if I'm enjoying it by the playoff final. If not, <laughs> I might uh, I might be going into sulk mode for a few weeks. I'm already there, Joe. I'm already there. Thank you. <laughs> thank, thank you so much. Have a Joe. good one, man. Thank you, Joe Cran, the Star Sheffield football journalist, chatting to us about the structures in England. Let me read some of your voice notes, or rather some of your texts that you've typed in. I've got a message here from Mayan from Peter Maritzburg, who says he thinks the leading scorer in the derby for Chiefs over the years is teenage Ladler. Nelson Teenage Ludlow, and he's suggesting Basil Steenkamp for Pirates. Do you agree? Is it Ludlow and Steenkamp? Is it somebody else? Let's hear what the voice note says. 